Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So, uh, has it been a week? Uh, it's been roughly a week, I'd say. Okay, did we I do one last week? I think it's been actually a little bit shorter than no, a week. Yeah, we did one last week. We're ahead week. of schedule. We did, we did do a podcast last week. Last week, we talked a little bit about uh, Toad. That was like right after Toad. That's right. That's right. That's right. And now we're back in the studio. Today, we're talking about the... I'd say like the next uh, the next big race in in Wisconsin for us that's coming up, which would be the state championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we start talking about that, Ryan, uh, what's new with you? you know, uh, since the last time we talked, last week um, I took the most of the week off. Yeah, uh, I did on Fourth of July. I was just hanging out here because Anna had to work, uh, but I did an impromptu. Uh, FTP test. Oh and yeah, actually went up from three ten to three fifteen. Was that surprising at all? I was a little surprising. Uh, yeah. I, I would have expected it to go down actually. Because you're doing a lot of like crit training, right? Crit, crit training, specific training. Yeah, and usually usually it goes down a little bit when you're working on like that high end. Yeah. But I think do all the racing I've been doing has definitely helped it. Do you think you're a little bit more rested too? Yeah, possibly? that too. Yeah, that too. Um, like bring that fatigue down for sure. I also did. A, Sorry, I'm pointing at Ryan. There's a fly on Ryan. It's oh. gone now. Don't worry. It's gone. Okay. I also right. did a ramp test, though, for, like, the first time. Oh. See, I think the ramp test overestimates, in my opinion. I thought so, too, but I did a pretty hard workout today, and yeah. I felt really good doing it. Huh. So, I don't know. So, for now, Who I'm going to keep it where it's at, and if uh, I can't do future workouts, I'll just adjust it. If it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh so yeah, that's kind of what's been new with me. I'm going to be racing the state championship this weekend. I'm planning on just doing three fours. Nice. But, uh, there's a state road race on Sunday that I'm actually choosing to opt out of. And why Why are you not doing the state road race? A few reasons. Um, I'm not really a fan of road racing, mm. first off. Uh, I, especially around here, when it's typically a... Like a four corner it's like style. A, it's like a, a mega crit it's like, like a mega crit it'll be like a five mile circuit that's basically like a yeah. flat or rolling course right so it's like a circuit race but uh and this one i i don't remember if this i it think this is, is a new glaris yeah it's 13 miles of so pretty hilly stuff there's a little there's a little bit of undulation and elevation but i wouldn't say there's any like climb that would break up the race in yeah. any significant way at least you know like launching pads to attack off of but I, I would say nobody's you know nobody's gonna be like just like you know turning it up on one climb to make the defining move yeah like, if there was like one really big climb like near the finish I think it, I think that would be a pretty yeah. decisive spot and this is us this is us speaking without actually have having seen the course this year so yeah I, can't I know say that there's I know there's like 800 feet of climbing per lap okay but so it's not a flat race no it's not a flat race but I mean it I don't really like road racing it's always, it always like all the road races I've done it always ends up being the same thing like you just sit in for two hours and then sprint yeah. for the finish there's like this really awkward thing about being you know especially this time of the year too like with a being a cat three like for some reason people just stop racing you get lower turnout at a lot of these events even though it's the state championships you would think that it would draw a bigger crowd but like i think there's generally in july for racing there's just lower lower amount of people that come out for these races so when you've got like 20 guys that are about as strong as each other you know roughly and it's like an 
hour and a half to two hour road race it's like too short it's too short to really like you know uh, it's not it's not long it's like it's not a crit so it's not super like action-packed and high-paced but it's like slightly long enough to where it's kind of like dull and it's also not like that's my my opinion and it's also not like team-based so when someone goes off the front everybody chases sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't but especially like at least on a crit course like there's the cornering can be kind of aggressive and you can use your bike handling skills to get away I feel like that's not really the case when it comes to road races I think a lot of it is like more purely fitness based less skill based people do you know like a, a completely different set of people will do well in a road race as compared to like a crit based on the fact that they don't have to rely as heavily on bike handling skills. Yeah, one thing I've been noticing is that I'm not much of like a diesel. I do really well on those like six corner crits, six plus corner crits. Yeah. Like at least this year I've been doing really well on like the more corners the better. Oh yeah. Um, and then like the one, you know, Wauwatosa is a really good example where a diesel you know does really well in that race yeah Wauwatosa was a stage of toad and it's the last day and it's one of those it's a four corner crit but it's it's kind of like a a, an oval shaped course that it doesn't look hard but there's two corners that really break everything up so it's kind of like an elimination race so it's like a course where you're just kind of always on the gas at all points of the race yeah it's not very it's surprisingly it's not as on off as you would think it would be it's more just like who can stay closest to the front without getting gapped off the back and yeah. then line it up for the sprint at the end. Yeah, so those long like straightaways where people just gun it is where like I really start hurting. Yeah. But then once once it's becomes like punchy is where I, I feel pretty good. That's where you can punch back. Yeah, yeah, that's where I, I found yeah. that I do well and then I feel like I, my technical skills around the corners have been getting pretty good so I can move uh, up yeah. in the pack. I think you've and always been a pretty good technical rider. Yeah, yeah, and then I like the little you can kind of punch out of it to make up a few spots. Yeah. So I, I think like road racing is more of that. If you're a diesel, you can you, you can know, get a gap and hold on to it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you can just kind of like punch everybody or or beat everybody up over an hour and a half, two hour cat three road race, then you'll be like in the best position to win. Yeah. 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 Well, enough about road races because we're obviously not as interested in those. Let's talk a little bit about the crit course on Saturday. Yeah. So crit course, the Fitchburg Festival of Speed, which is pretty close to Madison area. It's actually just right outside. Uh, it is in a quasi business park, but I would say it's a upper. It's a nicer business park. It's a really nice business it's park. Fancy. So no, it's not a business it's not park. Average. It's like a science. Park. It's like a science. I, park. I don't a know research if, park. It's a research park. research park because yeah. I believe it's owned by the university. Yes. Yeah, so and it's got like it's kind of got like a nicer vibe it's to like it. Upper scale. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's a. It's it's a. I believe more, it has a yoga studio, so that's that's kind of the vibe it gives off. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's. I wouldn't call it a, a city center, but it's definitely you know it gets more than just your average business park traveler, right? Yeah. So it's an actual triangle. That's kind of what the course is. It's pretty flat. There's one little undulation on one of the corners where you kind of like go up a little rise and it's hard to even call it a hill it's more of just like a little gentle rise yeah and then right when you turn the corner on corner two you go right back down it Mm -hmm. so it's nothing that would ever break up the race in a significant way and then there's a there's a small little you know twist and wind on the back straightaway into the final corner and that's the course which is the final corner too is really tight it's very simple 
It's like 100 meters to the finish line after that yeah. final corner. So last year they put the finish line relatively close to the corner. Same same courses. So it is 100% a race to the last corner. If yeah. you're the first wheel into the last corner and have any gas left, you'll win the race, hands down. I know that's how our race ended yeah. up last year. I came into the last corner fifth wheel and I got fifth place and it is it was so close that you know it made no difference I think this year maybe they'll change it a little bit uh, I know they put the finish line there because they had kind of like a festival atmosphere going on they, they had people hanging out and and there was like some live music for a while so I think that's the reason why the finish line was so close to the final corner but maybe this year they'll back the finish line up a little bit. I don't think so. They don't posted think so? The, the map, and it looked like it was in the same spot. All right. Well, then nothing changes then. I think for you, Ryan, it's just going to be a race to the final corner. Yeah, and they really tried to, like... It's not... It's done by, like, an organization that puts on events. It's kind of in between, like, your local... Yeah. Uh, ...governing body organized race. For us, that's the WCA. And... Uh, a toad or intelligentsia or gateway cup you know like those kind of bigger venues that have like the trust and everything like that it's it's somewhere in between the two yeah they have like a legit finish line and they put up barriers and there's a little bit of fence that separates the course from some of the spectators yeah but it's in general because it's like your local race and it's not in a in a downtown area it doesn't get the same kind of turnout or which is high. why they have like all the events and stuff. Yeah, they really it's, try to get people in there. It's kind of weird because then they have they actually have like a VIP area, and right, which you have yeah. to like pay for, and it's kind of like why you know the thing that I've learned about bike races and like what makes a great bike race a hundred percent without a doubt is location. Anytime that you have a, it, it doesn't matter how hard you try to organize thing anything but if you like how hard you try to like bring in entertainment if the bike race is in a business park or a science park or a research park and it's away from the downtown area people don't know about it and they have to travel to get there so you're just gonna get a lower turnout i think like that's the great thing about some of the bigger races in our area like toad intelligentsia cup uh you know we've mentioned gateway too they take place in neighborhoods and downtowns so everybody in the neighborhood or the downtown, they're looking for something to do on that weekend. The bike race is an easy option. Yeah. They can literally walk out their front door, drive five minutes down the road, and they're right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's kind of like an odd vibe that it gives off. Like it's like trying to be high scale, but so it's like kind of it's I, cool I, to like I, race as. I enjoy the, the effort. Like I, yeah. I appreciate it. Like, the effort is definitely there. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like somebody's trying to make a, a good bike race and like they, they have all the elements there. I just think if they could get a little closer to downtown Fitchburg and maybe get Fitchburg to contribute a little bit more in terms of like, uh, you know, like paying some money to, for them to put on the race, I think it could be an awesome race. Yeah. Like hands down. Yeah, I think if they were able to get it to like downtown Fitchburg or like some area in Fitchburg that is a little bit more accessible to, you know, the neighboring area. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So if you're not going to race on Sunday, Ryan, are you going to consider doing the 1-2 race or the 1-2-3 race the, the Saturday? Uh, I was actually considering it until I found out that they're like an hour apart. Oh, okay. So you don't like that they're that close or too no, far away? They're they're way too close for me. Yeah, not enough time. It's like enough time 
to where it's definitely two separate races. Yeah. And, like, you'd have to, like, basically sit on a trainer probably for 30 minutes just to kind of keep the legs going. Yeah. And, and like, get down some recovery. But if if it was only $10 extra to do that race... Maybe. I, I would say just, like, gut yourself and try to, like, win the Cat 3 race. And yeah. if it's, like, 10 extra bucks, like... Maybe just try to see if you can like hang and like do something in the one mm-hmm. two three race. That's my opinion. I mean, you'll see how you're feeling the day of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna come to this race too. I don't know if I'm racing yet. I'm kind of on the fence. If it's fifty bucks, probably not. I think it's like forty five for, for a crit. That's not. That's kind of the thing too yeah. about the like forty miles. And I'm like, I'd almost rather just go do forty miles on my own. I'd probably get a better workout. Well, yeah, if you're just doing and it for to be honest, you're these, just doing it for a workout. Races, yeah, yeah, these two races aren't really like huge on my priority list. It's mm. kind of like it's nice that they're there. Yeah, but well, it's it, it's at like an awkward time where right. it's like after Toad. But it's not near any other races. The, like the other, the next weekend that I care about is the Omni, the PE um, Omnium, the Project Echelon yeah. Omnium. That's like a month away, and right. then Gateway Cup, which is like a month after that. So it's it's like at a weird time where um, I don't really care where my fitness is, but like it's kind of cool that there's a race. Yeah, it's just it's just good to have a race. Like that's all all I'm gonna say about it. And I think I'm gonna come and. Probably, since if I don't race, I'll probably do a little bit of podcasting stuff, maybe do some, like, little video stuff with the race, you know, just kind of, like, get the vibe and, and check it out and sure. maybe do some, like, impromptu post-race interviews. Yeah. I kind of like grabbing people, like, when they're when they're not expecting it and, mm-hmm. like, chatting them up a little bit. So be on the lookout for Bike Race Weekly at your local state championship crit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's a pretty exciting weekend coming up for us. I know, regardless, we'll probably do some a lot of riding this weekend, too. Um, so yeah, outside of the state champs, is there anything else you want to talk about with the state champs, Crit Ryan? No, I think next? uh we've beaten that horse. We we no. beat that horse pretty good. Yeah, yeah. What about you? You have some interesting fun news. Yeah, I so it's July and the weather's beautiful and I bought an indoor smart trainer. Yeah. That's jumping right. on the train. Jumping jumping on the train. So I went through this whole thing this year where uh I had a trainer in my apartment and it was too loud, I got noise complaint. So I I thought well i'll just ride outside and i'll never i'll never you know do indoor training or i'll just you know when the weather's bad i'll just go to the gym and and, or just run or something like that turns out that doesn't work because we have bad weather in wisconsin the weather is not nice here even through june i mean we had a lot of days where it was in the mornings it was too cold to ride yeah i was thinking about that right before toad like literally like just weeks beforehand yeah still cold yeah, and yeah, it really, after Toad was like the turning point, even like the first couple days of Toad. Toad is typically like the turning point of this season. Yeah, it was cold. So I've finally given in. I've come to the realization that when you live in Wisconsin, when you live anywhere north of the equator, it's good to have a smart trainer. And I went with the Stack Zero Haceon. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, the reason why I went with that one is it's actually... Well, first off, no, nobody's heard about that kind no, of trainer. No, what no, is no. it? What yeah. is it? So the reason why that that I went with this and not a, a Wahoo or something or a Tax or something that people actually have heard of is that I needed something that was really quiet and made no noise or no vibrations. And the Stack Zero Haceon trainer is actually uh, magnet-powered. So there's two little magnets that you're that run uh, parallel to your wheel as it well, they're, spins. They're not little magnets. They're uh, they're big, solid magnets. six inches each. Yeah, they're, and they go on opposite sides of your wheel. They're burly for sure. Yeah, 
Uh, so I needed something that was really quiet and those magnets create the resistance. So think about putting your, your bike on a trainer and not not like you know for most trainers you have to like tighten the flywheel up so it touches the tire think about not tightening up that flywheel and just spinning the wheel with no resistance that's essentially how much noise my trainer will make so the only noise that will actually come from the trainer is the drivetrain on my bike mm-hmm. so it'll be really quiet i'm pretty look i'm looking forward to just being able to like get more consistent with my training i still ride and i still commute to work a lot but i haven't been as consistent without the indoor training so I'm pretty, I'm looking pretty, or I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. I'll, uh, I'll let everybody know how I like the trainer. I'm going to primarily use it for trainer road, I think. And then maybe I'll dabble with Zwift. I've been thinking about doing a little bit of Zwift racing as the weather gets kind of crappy. And I kind of feel like I, I need that like racing fix. Um, but I'll keep everybody posted on how I like my new smart trainer. Yeah. If anyone wants to check it out too. Uh, I know there's some I've found a really good YouTube video on yeah. it DC Rainmaker who if you've followed trainer reviews is like the number one person to, to look up he has a lot of good things to or a lot of like good tips mm-hmm. or or uh, insights into that trainer specifically but pretty much any trainer that you're kind of looking into I always like to start with DC Rainmaker yeah the one I was watching I think the guy had like a 4ii the 4i like pedal or something that he was using comparing. it up against comparing it up against and I think it was like plus or minus one percent off of that yeah off of that one which is well within like other trainers like I yeah. was actually really surprised I thought it'd be like 10 to 15 watt difference but it was within like five watt difference yeah I was a little bit surprised too um but yeah so that's that's pretty cool oh and the guy used it his ex- his example he used to train a road workout mm-hmm. yeah so so it is pretty accurate and I think more important for me than accuracy is just consistency. As long as the power readings are like very consistent and you can do your workouts in your given power zones, that's I think like number one to me. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing 200 watts when you should be doing 400 watts, as long as you're working off the, the same measurement essentially is I think like what correlates to the zone you're supposed to be training in. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to bust that out and start training with that. I mean, it's super nice outside, so mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to be on it very often. I'm going to be trying to ride outside as much as possible. But, you know, whenever I want to get some, like, quality work in, I'll be doing it on the trainer. That's for sure. One thing that I just thought of, too, uh, that I don't know if we talked about yet, because you brought up that your previous trainer got you into a little bit of trouble. Yes, with um, being too loud. Yeah, and a lot of the times, I, we've, I think we've talked about this, a lot of the times it's not actually the noise of the trainer, it's the vibration the Correct. trainer makes. And I was on the, I was in my loft in an apartment, which makes, which would make the most noise. And I did it close to the loft wall, like yeah. the wall dividing our apartments. If I were to back up my trainer in the loft, I probably, probably would have been okay. And if I were to put it on the, the ground level floor, I probably would be totally fine, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to get a smart trainer anyways, and I figured better safe than sorry, and I also think too, like eventually if I ever have like kids down the line or like I really need to have a quiet trainer for whatever reason, it's not bad to have a quiet trainer. Yeah. One thing to, for anyone that's looking for trainers, one thing to look out for is actually the weight of the trainer Yes, actually correlates a lot with how loud it is lighter trainers will be louder than heavier trainers very it's very uh counterintuitive yeah yeah because the 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 heavier flywheel 
not only will it be quieter, but it'll give you better road feel. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, the heavier flywheel is more stable, so you get less vibrations, mm-hmm. and it's generally a smoother power transfer. Whereas if and and to your point, Ryan, my old trainer was really light, um, where the lighter one is more likely to vibrate, um, and it's just more likely to kind of creak and make make various noises in that way. Yeah. What I used to use in my college dorm, or not dorm room, but my studio apartment, was I actually used to put uh, towels underneath my trainer, like, arms. Yeah. Uh, just just because I would train at, like, 6 a.m. Would you say it dampened the noise? I would, yeah, okay. Did you get that pun there? I see what you did. Towel, yes. damp towel. Yeah. Okay. It did dampen the noise, though. But, <laughs> because I'm going to be moving into the, the same, like, apartment complex as you, and I'm going to be putting my stuff up on the loft as well. Ryan's going to be my neighbor. Yeah. I'm Do you actually, know, we can train together this winter now. Yeah. And I have a... We can. I know we just talked about light trainers, but this doesn't relate to mine because it's magnet-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a pretty light trainer, so I can just walk over to your place. There you go. And we can just go train throughout the winter. Yeah, I plan on um, getting actually vibration-proof mats. That helps a lot, too. That I'm going to put yes. underneath my trainer. That'll that do the trick. really hoping... You can get them on uh, Amazon that are pretty thick. I think they go to like yeah. one or... I think they're like one inch thick that you can get. We should have weekly training parties. I feel like in the winter when it's when it's cold and mm-hmm. sad outside. Oh yeah. We, we should just have like a bunch of people over with trainers. And we used to do that all the time in college. Yeah, that was fun too. Which is like probably probably the only time that I've had fun on a trainer. But when you have yeah. like a bunch watch a movie, watch a movie when you have like a bunch of but or watch a race too. When yeah, you have like a bunch of buddies over doing a bunch of workouts like. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of weird, but it, it was a good time. Yeah. And then we'd always go out and get... Very motivating. Uh, pizza. No, we yeah, sometimes we get pizza, but a lot of times we would go to trivia and get uh, beer. Oh, yeah. Thursday nights. Thursday yeah. nights. We, we would do a Friday night one where I would get off work and then everyone would come over at like 8.30 or to so, start like the workout. Yeah. Or like 8 or something. And we would, I, we would do like an hour and a half workout and then we'd... One person would go get like Walmart pizza because they were like five dollars each. Yeah, yep. I remember we got pizza one time. We were yeah, we were, we were getting pretty fancy. So it was it, it was always a really good time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's a few things. And then if you really need to take it up a notch, you can get soundproofing uh, foam to put on your walls too. Yeah. And so if you have like loudspeakers or something, which like I'm thinking about getting like a sound bar. I don't know if I'm going to put it up like on the TV that I'll have for my like workout studio, but. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I have a Bluetooth speaker and stuff, so I'm I've been pondering getting soundproofing foam. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's it, yeah. You can buy a bunch of it. Yeah, but then you know it'll just stick on your wall. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, moving on, we thought we'd have a little little talk about you know some new gear that new gear new gear. And I'm talking about trainers because it's summer. Let's talk about gear. So what kind of gear are we gonna talk about? Uh, let's start. We uh, we're both considering helmets, and we helmets. thought we'd talk, get into some helmet talk. Yes, I think I'm really into. I just you know I like I like the aesthetics of cycling. Yeah. You know, I I like uh, buying stuff that looks cool and like what's in and what's trendy. Um, and I think with helmets, there's definitely it, helmets are like a make or break for the cycling look, right? If you got like a kind of a weird dorky looking helmet and there are a few it can really kind of ruin the vibe you got going on oh yeah so people already look look at like cyclists like that guy's a dork yeah i think the helmet really helps absolutely so we're we're gonna go through the our objective 100 percent 
list of cool looking helmets. And Ryan, you said you, you mentioned a helmet earlier today that you were looking at. I'm looking at the Laser Z1. Laser Z1. And I white. I would agree that that is a very good looking helmet. Yeah. I would be I'd be looking for a Z1 as well too. Mm-hmm. Probably the same. I think that's also a big uh, style thing too. Uh, do you go white or black? And if you're really, really out there, do you go with a colored helmet? I don't go with colored helmets because I have lots of kits. The thing I think of is if you go with a colored helmet, you're probably on a team that provided you the helmet and it matches perfectly with your kit. Yes. But that's not many people. That's not many people. And it doesn't match. There are a lot of people that join like clubs and then get helmets based off of that club kit. Right. But if you get white or black, it'll match anything. I think that look only looks good if you have a bunch of teammates with the same color helmet yeah. as well. I think if you, it, it's almost too matchy-matchy for me if you're going helmet and your kit. Even you know? in, like, the World Tour, the most teams really push is, like, white with, like, an accent color. Like, I'm white, thinking, or, like white or black with, like, a stripe yeah. of their... Like, like I'm any, thinking Lotto Sudal with yeah. the white and red. That's Ine- about the Ineos is black with their red with stripe. The red. Yeah, nobody. I, there's very few teams I think that are full color. I'm actually trying to think of one off the top of my head. Maybe Neon. For uh, I know. I know. Uh, wow, Wow T or something. They're in the Tour de France. They're one of the continental teams. Oh, Wanty. Wanty. Yes, they're like they I have a they matchy have matchy helmet. Yeah, I know Sunweb. Well, no, some somewhat. I somewhat. CCC has orange. Orange helmets, but it's Matches black and orange, orange. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Orange, and then somewhat Sunweb has black and red. Similar thing that we were just yeah. talking about. But yeah, I I'm on the same page as you. I like a white helmet. I think white looks pretty darn clean, especially if you've got a white pair of socks on. I think it's and, yeah. and white shoes. I think it looks really fast. Yeah. Um, so here's a question. Uh, so we'll 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 answer this question. Okay. And then we'll talk about what our favorite helmets are. Yeah. We'll continue the list. When you our... go looking for helmets, how much for you personally does safety matter? Like if it has like MIPS or yeah. uh, the Bontrager Wave Cell. So it matters. How much does that matter to you? It matters. It's a, very important to me. Extremely important. The only issue is I don't think any there's any like true objective measurement of who has the safest helmet. For there example, is. they've done private. Testing. So Virginia, there's a list. Well, yes, Virginia University has a a way of that they're testing the helmets that supposedly is cutting edge and the best way to test helmets. Bontrager recently came out with this new wave cell technology. Uh, not a fan of the marketing. They definitely oversold. The, the, the helmet best thing since but carbon best thing since carbon uh there was a, a litany of people or i mean i i knew like everybody and their uncle was going out to buy these new concussion proof wave cell helmets this university of virginia test came out i think a couple weeks ago actually yeah recently. 70 75 dollar laser helmet beat the wave cell yeah in terms of safety. i think i think uh like and the wave three on the list was like a 40 dollar helmet yeah and the wave cell helmet i know the low the low end model which is not on the top of the list or not clo- it's not as high as the high end model obviously uh is like 150 bucks and yeah. then they've got a 300 model that's more of like their aero ish helmet um I think it's a cool concept, but it, I obviously it's not proven out to be 100% the most safest helmet. I think there's a lot to do with the construction of the helmet. Um, so I would say 
I like to err on the side of getting stuff that's MIPS based. You know, MIPS is a good system that's supposed supposedly helps, but I think any high quality or good brand of helmet is going to be safe. That's my general opinion. Like laser makes good helmets. They're going to be safe helmets. They're obviously proven to be safe based on that list that university came out with. Um, I would maybe steer away from helmets that were at the bottom of that list. Um, I know that I think they do a star system based off five stars. So maybe anything that's like three stars or lower, I probably wouldn't do, but anything within four or five stars is probably a good helmet anyways. What about you? Uh, Safety? Well, going off that, um, they, I think first off, Bonchager was boasting about how much safer it is than MIPS. And then this independent study actually came out and saying that MIPS is still safer. MIPS also, and you can't take their word for it because they're a company and they have their own self-interest. They said they could not replicate the results that Bontrager yeah. had come up with. And uh, we're not scientists. This is just what we have heard. Uh, based on what Bontrager came up with, MIPS, MIPS said, we don't know really where that data is coming from because we can't replicate the studies. Yeah, because when they first came out, they said they did their own studies. And Independent this is research. What we found. Which is not usually how you come to the conclusion that something is... The, the best, best is generally independently studied. Yeah, right? you can't say it yourself. Right. That's why when you see all those like Chevy and Toyota commercials where they get all those awards. Yeah, they. It's both not like awards. it's not like Toyota is giving Toyota the Toyota award. It's you know an independent third party yeah. is giving them the award. So I I would never. I know we kind of got far away from from that question. Well, I ask the question. Yeah. Yes, it's important to me, but I'm never gonna buy a, a helmet off of marketing hype. Yeah. I'm going to look into it myself and I'm going to see what people have actually had to say about it before I go out and spend all my money on some helmet that might be the safest, maybe. Yeah. But my personal opinion is that all the helmets have to be DOT certified. <laughs> right. Which is, which is every actually, helmet. Yeah. Which is a pretty high standard, actually. Yeah. So in my opinion, honestly, as long as it's DOT certified, it's going to protect your head. I think also... They talk about, you know, helmets being safe relative to one another. You know, in general, it's it's going to depend on the crash that you have. Yeah. If you have a, like, you know, you roll the dice every time that you race your bike or even ride your bike. If you're going to have a really bad crash, to be honest, there's probably not going to be a huge difference between a helmet that's three stars and a helmet that's five stars in terms of the brain damage that you get. And I guarantee there's people, like... You, I see, you see it on like um, different like in like comment sections of articles yeah, you forums, know, where it's yeah. just like people you know I, I guarantee that there's people saying right now like you're ignorant you haven't been in a crash that's caused you concussions sure. there's definitely but, people willing and, to pay top dollar for the safest helmet and I totally understand that but from my perspective I've seen people that have gotten horrific concussions with really good helmets on um, I just think at the end of the day a lot of it's determined on how bad your crash is and I just I don't I don't know if it's really even possible to measure the effect like that a helmet would have when like at w- at what point or at what kind of like velocity is the is the helmet going to make a difference? Yeah, you know what I mean. That's not to say that like a, hel- a, a safe helmet isn't important. It's just I think it's like it's really great. You should always go for the safest helmet that you can find, but. Any ma- major manufacturer is probably producing a pretty safe helmet. That's my point. So I'm going to counter that argument. You do not go with the safest helmet. You go with the coolest looking helmet. As long as it's and DOT I'm gonna, certified. I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give into your argument, Ryan. Go with the coolest helmet for all right. sure. So, so Laser Z, la- la- all right, Laser Z One, objectively cool. Yeah. Sick helmet. Yep. 
Um, the Jiro Synth, I think, is a really good-looking helmet. I had one a couple of years ago, and I thought it just like looked really good. I had it in black, and I've actually had one in white, which I crushed when I broke my wrist, so I had to get rid of it. I don't um, even remember seeing you with the white one. It was a while ago. Uh, 2017, I had one. Okay. But, yeah, so I had to get rid of that helmet. Um, really like those helmets. They're super comfortable. They're pretty arrow, and they're very well ventilated. So I really like those helmets. Uh, the specialized, when you're talking about aero helmets, that's where things get a little bit uh, into the weeds because I think very few aero helmets look good. Um, I think the specialized Evade is a good looking aero helmet overall. Um, and feel free to chime in on any of these, Ryan, if you agree, disagree. I was gonna give my I was gonna give my list afterwards or okay. comments afterwards. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's my list so far. I would say the Pac helmets look pretty cool that's a little bit of a hot take because people are love it or hate it when it comes to pock helmets and i think it what makes it or breaks it is the sunglasses that you have oh yeah you've got to have pock sunglasses pock or pock ish kind of sunglasses to make the pock helmet work and look sick you know what works really well is um because alex house has the pock helmet but he has the like trendy looking glasses that works really well Yep, I'd agree with that. But I'm um, sure they're still, like, pot glasses because they're sponsored. Oh, right. Um, so those are, let's see, to round out my top five, a uh, bit, bit of a new presence in the helmet market is Oakley helmets. I think Oakley helmets look very good. Their Aero helmet, the Aero 7, I think looks the best. But I still think their Aero 5 looks pretty darn cool. The only thing about Oakley helmets, like the Pac helmets, you've got to have Oakley glasses to make those Oakley helmets look cool. You think so? They just, I think they work better with the glasses and specific types of glasses as well. See, I think uh, Oakley glasses have become very generic looking where like all companies make glasses that look like that. So they did the, the glass, the, the, the Aero they, 5, which is yeah. their like, kind of standard helmet. Okay. They did the glass where it was like framed on the bottom and open on top. I thought that pair of glasses looked really good with the Aero 5. They just kind of okay. like went together really well. Uh, but I understand what you're saying because a lot of the, like 100%, um, Pac, a couple other brands have come out with some like pretty like dope looking glasses. Mm -hmm. They've kind of made Oakley like the standard now. Like standard in, as in they're not as special anymore. They were definitely the first to make cool looking glasses the jawbreakers the jaw yeah the jawbreakers were a were a sick yeah. looking pair of glasses that was like the first time people were like whoa yeah glasses can look cool yeah and like i had a pair of those and my wife thought they looked super dorky and i think they probably look dorky to most people you can't wear them not cycling. no you absolutely but among cyclists matt like you got mad respect it's like you oh, had to have them that dude's got the jawbreakers he knows yeah. what's up oh yeah i remember yeah. the first time i saw jawbreakers and i was like Whoa. I think we ordered our pairs at like the same time. Yeah. Of course not I'm real still, ones. I'm still using my Oakleys. And, and mine actually, I was using up, up up until last year when I lost them at a bike race. Yeah, I've really, gone on three years with really, my Oakleys, haven't had an issue. Yeah, the lenses are great, like hardly scratched. They were awesome, awesome glasses. Um, anyways, that rounded out my top five, Ryan. What's your top five when it comes to helmets? Um, I would say, so laser is definitely right now, I think the coolest looking helmet. And the Z1, right? Yeah, the Z1. Do you like their Do you like their arrow helmet, the bullets? Um, I I would throw it up with uh, probably I would I would put it right at the same as like a ballista. 
Yeah, I think I think it looks a little better than a ballista, but I'd say they're like very very close. Yeah, they actually created one um, when I was looking at their site. It's almost in between like their Z one and their Arrow. Yeah, it's their their newest one. It's like the Century or something. Yeah, but then after that, uh, I would almost I really like the Oakley helmet. Yeah, and then uh, third, would you wear hundred percent glasses with an Oakley helmet? Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of so, like what I said. I, w- I wouldn't. Some people, that's like for a lot of people, that's like Nike wearing Nike really? pants and an Adidas T-shirt. See, for me, I, I wouldn't care. care. I'm not yeah. like a yeah, brand. Purist. I'm not a brand like you got to match brand. Kind I get of guy. that. I'm what I'm on that train, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Um. So and then uh, <laughs> the last one would is a toss up to between a few. I really like Pac. The only thing about Pac is I I really like their normal helmet, but their Aero helmet looks awful. Yes, I was not referring to the Arrow helmet. I don't think anybody wears it anymore. No, not really. No, even it like stupid. It's it looks like a giant cue ball. Yeah. The only thing about their normal helmets is that they're pretty much as unaerodynamic as a helmet can get. It's like wearing a sombrero. Yeah. And I think they've now made a helmet that's like in between. Yes. But uh, I still am going to guess that it's probably one of the least aerodynamic helmets. You want something that, like for me, a helmet doesn't, you don't have to get like the most aero helmet. Yeah. But you don't want to get the, the least aero helmet. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But so, yeah, then after that, I would throw like the Evade Ballista and the laser uh, aero helmet, like all in that fourth spot. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, Honorable mention, Abus actually makes a pretty okay. cool helmet. I want to give an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, Rudy Project helmets. I yeah. I really dig those. They're different. They're pretty unique. Yeah. But I think they're pretty cool, too. They're, they're kind of their own style. Kind I, of like a... Uh, um, I, I would say it's kind of like they've found their own style. Kind yeah. of like how Laser has found their own style. I think... They, I had their arrow helmet last year. And yeah, and I really liked it. I it was, liked it. it was cool. I wish I wouldn't have bought a high vis helmet because it just didn't go with anything else. But yeah, my team kit. But ah, you're the team kit. Yeah, dude, it got me. Um, so yeah, it was always kind of weird wearing it with anything else. But apparently, that's what makes something more arrow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our list. That's our list. Um, do you want to talk about any other part of your kit? We, I know we, we kind of rambled on on that one a bit. Yeah, a little bit. How are we doing for time right now? Uh, we're at about 38 minutes. Oh, okay. Any part of the kit. Uh, I'm thinking about getting some, some different shoes maybe. Oh, yeah? My, my, I think this will be like my second full season oh, with the shoes. Since the uh, vegan cyclist talked about the Giro shoes, the knit ones, Yes. I have the exact shoes that he was saying was like the best pair of shoes he's ever worn. Now, yes. like every single bike race, people comment on it. Really? Whoa. Vegan cyclist said those were the best shoes ever. And you and had, they always ask me, "Did you get them because of that?" And I'm like, "No, it's, I had them before they were cool." Yeah, you've had these for a couple. of I well, got those like, like right year. when they came out. Yeah, you, I remember because you you saw them and they were cheaper than the normal ones. Yeah, and you were like, "Yeah, I kind of like those. I'm gonna get a pair." Yeah, I was like, you know, if I because I had like a good pair. They were a Bontrager. <laughs> they were really nice. I think they were like Bontrager Velosis shoes. Yeah, the same like, shoes that I have. Yeah, and I was like, well, if I'm gonna get new shoes, like I don't need new shoes yeah so if i'm gonna get new shoes i need something that's like whoa that's so i was like i can't cool. get a pair of white or black because why would i get a new pair of white or black when i have a good pair of white shoes true so that's why i went with those i call them like gucci shoes the gucci shoes the gucci shoes yeah but for a 
budget price because these were two hundred dollars yeah. brand new, which is much and I got cheaper. Shop cost and they have a carbon sole. I yeah, think. really, very stiff sole. So, and you know what the crazy thing is too? After that video, I cannot find those shoes at any on sale anywhere. Oh, of course, they're not. full retail everywhere. Everywhere I see them. Yeah, probably two hundred dollars. Yeah. Pretty, pretty insane, the influence. I feel like there's very few cycling YouTubers that have uh, an influence, but I think Vegan Cyclist is definitely one of them. Oh, he's for sure up there. He, people, people, he does really good gear reviews. People listen to his advice. I think he has pretty honest opinions, too, about the gear. Yeah. Like, the guy doesn't really, like, sugarcoat anything. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And he's obviously doing, like... You know, this year he's done some pretty crazy races. Like he just got done doing Dirty Kansas. I think those are actually the shoes yeah. that he used during Dirty Kansas. He actually even he was pretty straightforward that they're like four hundred dollar shoes. He said were pretty uncomfortable because of how like stiff they were. I'd imagine the four hundred dollar shoes are shoes that I'd want to wear when I'm racing and probably. Not, yeah, that's why I've been hearing about a lot about the really top end shoes is that mm. they're not comfortable. They're they're super super they're super stiff. Pure performance, and yeah. that's it. I mean, I else. I even in my velocious velocious shoes, which I generally like, and they're not the top performing shoes. I'd say they're like I think they retail for about like they did retail for like two hundred and twenty maybe. Um, I noticed that like I get hot feet, like hot spots on my feet with the, after like four hours of riding. So I don't, I don't know, like I'm kind of mixed feelings on them. So I think you, I feel like you can't always blame hot spots on shoes. Some a lot of the times it's cleat position because be. I've been Could experiencing be. that with my other Giro shoes, and I've been trying to fix it so much and I think I finally got it with these shoes that I'm looking no, no, at no 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 my Giro mountain <clears throat> shoes oh okay. that's another thing with Giro is that what I found is that they have a thin toe box yes that's true which uh, what that means is like so on my foot my first three toes are all the same length ah. and a lot of shoes they they arch they arc at the toe really aggressively so that a lot of the times what doesn't fit is your second two uh, toes, not your big toe, but your the two after that Makes are sense. what hit the end because it arcs too much. And that's actually what I found with Geo shoes is that they have a smaller toe box. So the, the toe box is, is very thin mm. at the tip. And that's, so I've had to, like, I think I had to do half size up okay, at least. Um, on and I learned that after getting my mountain bike shoes because I got the same size shoes as I always do. Yeah, and they were just slightly small. I actually took out the. I'm pretty lucky that I have flat feet, mm. so I just took out the insoles and my foot fit, and they've been pretty comfortable because now I have flat feet. Yeah, nice. Uh, but those, I th- I think I half size or full sized up. Okay. And they fit perfect. Nice. Well, yeah. So I, I'm also a big fan too of like trying a shoe on before you actually buy it. Like, yeah. I know like it's hard to find deals when you go to a bike That's the shop. The thing is like you can't find like you like you won't find those shoes at a bike shop. No, which is kind of crazy because they're so unique. You can't find a lot of shoes at a lot of bike shops. Most That's bike true, shops, yeah. like if they're a Trek store, they only sell Trek. Yeah. You know, if they're a specialized store, they only sell specialized. So you're not going to find. Yeah. They'll, they'll I would have say like you can try Giro on the shoe. brand though. You can try on yeah. a Giro shoe. And I'd say that's pretty close to how whatever shoe that you're looking for is going to fit you. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. But it's better than like going all around your local area trying to find a shoe that yeah. might not be carried in the store that you're looking for. The only other thing is, is that <laughs> then they're going to 
want you to buy it there and you're like uh, I can get it for like $50 yeah. cheaper and online. then they're going to be like well you can leave yeah <laughs> that, yes. that happens okay. um, anyway so I think we've talked enough about shoes let's move on to our final topic which is something that we probably can't not talk about the Tour de France the Tour de France starting. why don't yeah. we just give our uh, we won't I don't think we need to really spoil it per se well I think we can well we're it's the fourth day in stage yeah. four so why don't we give kind of a hot take on those first four days how do you how do you feel about it alright hot take on the first four days so let's see uh, the, of the first four days three of the days were like sprint stages sprint-ish stages I'd call them sprint stages two completely flat days and one uphill like kind of a kick and do the sprint finish which was kind of interesting I would say two of the stages had kicks okay two of the stages had kicks um, so the first stage was a real shocker, actually. Uh, Mike Tunison of uh, Lotto Yumbo, the Yellow Lotto team. It's I don't. It's no longer Lotto. It's, it's uh, Yumbo. It's Yumbo Visma. Yum, Yumbo Visma. Yes, uh, he won. Who he was actually supposed to be on leadout duty for Dylan Grunewagen. Dylan Grunewagen crashed on the first day at about one point five to go. Oh, at one point five to go. Um, and Mike Tunison just came around Peter Sagan with like yeah. with like a couple uh, meters to go, and it inches. was it was a, it was a huge huge shock, super surprising, huge upset. Yeah, huge upset. I mean, if I was Mike Tunison, I'd be pretty pretty freaking psyched about that. And the the um, announcers were all going, oh my oh, gosh, they thought it was Wout Van Aert, Van Aert won, yeah. won a stage of the tour. Wout Van Aert yeah, won a stage. Yeah, and it wasn't until like quite a while after when they're like oh that wasn't woot no that was yeah and and mike tunison i don't think is known to have a really strong sprint his like <laughs> only um so he is a legit bike racer he well of won, course um, of course he won cycle junior cyclocross world championships okay. like uh like in like 2010 or 2013 okay um and since then he's just been like climbing up the ladder so yeah. he like he's a legit bike. Be on the watch out for him for sure. I don't um, know if you'd watch out for him. I don't think he's at that top tier, but he's definitely high level. And he just he just had that opportunity on the first day, and he took yeah. it, and it, it worked out for him. It, it was pretty awesome. So that was really like very cool to see. Um, the second day, it was team time trial, which. Second day was team time trial. Yumbo right? Visma dominated. Yes, which was pretty. Didn't cool. see that coming either. No. The funny thing is, all the announcers were making it sound like Sky was kind of holding their breath, like they like they wanted to win the day. Sky did not want to win the team time trial. What Sky wanted to do is they wanted to get as much time as possible and have a team pip them, and that's exactly what happened. I think they they beat them by uh, a couple seconds. No, and, uh, Yumbo Visma won by twenty seconds. Oh, 20 seconds, but that's fine because Yumbo Visma. Yeah. I think their their best. That was exactly. I'm sorry, Sky. I'm in Team Ineos. That was exactly what Team Ineos wanted to happen. They didn't want to have to hold on to the, the jersey no. going into the mountains. They want to essentially keep the jersey off the backs of their riders for as as long as possible. And the fact that uh, Yumbo or Yumbo Visma, their best GC rider is Steven Kreiswick, who, by all accounts, is, is not a, a top tier pick for the tour this year. Um, I think that basically Yumbo Visma is super psyched on that result, and so is Team Ineos. Stage uh, three. Well, another one, one oh. last uh, little hot take on stage two <coughs> is that uh, Quick Step came in less than a second down on Team Ineos. Yes. Which they thought that was going to be the last team that could like take it from them. 
But, yeah, it was uh, a bit of a surprise, but Walt yeah. Van Aert was on that Yumbo Visma squad. Also Tony Martin. Tony Martin, too. Yeah. They had, they. I mean, they really should have been the favorites going into that time trial. Based they probably on, should have. But then the other news of that is that the other GC riders lost like a minute. Oh, yeah. Like, um, it, it, it's almost guaranteed for Team Ineos just after the second stage. I wouldn't say guaranteed, but I would say it put them in a really, really good position. It's going to be I really hard su- for anyone to get su- like a minute on this. Surprisingly, I think even though AG2R lost a rider, one of their riders fell in the final couple corners. That didn't actually result in them getting a penalty in the time because it's the first four riders across the finish line. That's who gets the time. I think AG2R, who has Thibaut Pino, had a surprisingly decent team time trial, uh, which was shocking because that's generally where they give up all of their time in the tour. Uh, so I think that was kind of a good look for them. But yeah, other than that, a lot of the other GC contenders lost, yeah. just lost time. And then I believe it was Wanty, who one of their guys showed up, um, and their bike was marked as illegal, and he had to ride a road bike. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was the team that took last place. Yeah. And they're not there to do on the team time trial. No. They're there to just, they're know, just get there. in the breakaways. They're just there. Yeah. Uh, so, stage three. Stage what three. Then? One of the best stages. You were pretty psyched on the stage. Nobody has... Um, if you have not watched stage three yet, uh, stop this right now. Um, this open is a spoiler. Up, open up YouTube. Yeah, and go watch it. Go watch it. Because I do not want to spoil it for you. All right. That well, was your warning. I think we're going to be hard-pressed to find a better stage in this tour, but I hope I'm wrong. Ryan, tell us what happened. So, it, it for me, it might actually have been the best day of racing of the year. You you were psyched about this stage. I was so psyched. Oh, yeah. Um, but at about 15k to go, uh, there was a very steep climb that also had mountain points at the top. So in the mountain points had GC seconds up for grab. So all the GC riders and the guys like Julian Alphilippe, who won in mountain points, were all going for these seconds and these points. Uh, so it was a mad dash up, but Julian Alphilippe just gapped everybody off. He made everyone look slow. Egan Bernal even commented that he tried to keep up with him and just couldn't. And that's his bread and butter, is those short, punchy climbs. Philippe just rips up those. Like, even, I mean, the guy that won Flesh Balone, which is the steepest finish in all of the classics, that's the kind of caliber rider he is. So strong. So not only does he just fly up this climb, but going down the backside... It, like, y- you won't see someone go down those hills faster. If there was a KOM downhill, he destroyed it. And he knows those roads. Yeah. Like, he, he knows them. He was them. going around these corners, probably around 50 miles per hour, in the aero tuck. Like, you've seen Peter Sagan do aero tuck, but you haven't seen him just fly through corners in an aero tuck. And it that's was what this guy's doing. scary fast. It was scary. I actually yeah, like, got, like... Like, I sweated. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he real quickly took a minute on the GC group like out of nowhere like it just just kept going up and up and up I think at the most he had like a minute 20 and he just he just kept hammering through I think there I believe there was another like 15% climb and such a fun rider to watch the guy is just so he's so animated on his bike like he literally looks like He's like kicking his bike, like he's trying to go faster. Like he's his whole body is bouncing. Like he's just putting his entire like force through that bike. So yeah, then uh, there was another like fifteen percent climb around like eight kilometers to go. Uh, flew up that 
again, just bombed the backside and pretty much came into the last 2K with like 30 seconds. Yeah, it just, was it was a nail biter. Like yeah. you you thought he was gonna win, but it wasn't over until he crossed the finish line, and it was just a super exciting finish. But now that Alaphilippe got those bonus seconds, he has the jersey. He his team had a good team time trial, so he's got a little bit of buff, of a buffer on that jersey. I'm looking for a hot opinion, Ryan. Can Alaphilippe hold the jersey? Is he going to even try to hold the jersey once we go into the mountains? Well, that's what they're talking about is uh, the He stage... is the former King of the Mountains winner last year. Yes. Important note. So uh, stage six is the stage that they're talking about it of if he can make it past there, he can hold it pretty long. It's a climber's race this year. It's yes. a climber's tour. And stage six is specifically like the most gruesome. I think it's at like 2,600 meters of elevation, yeah. which for those who don't know, that's like roughly... Like eight thousand feet, eight or nine thousand feet. So um, that's rough. Uh, and, and he's not. It's pe- like thirteen to fifteen thousand feet of climbing we, on top of that. We know that Al Philippe has not come into this tour with GC ambitions. Yeah, he's come into this tour to possibly win the King of the Mountains jersey again. To wear the yellow jersey is a huge honor. He's a super punchy rider. He's already got his stage win, so that's off his back. I, I kind of wonder if they're just going to see if he can last, you know? Yeah, I think they're going to see how long he can keep it. Yeah. But um, we'll see if he, if he makes it past stage six. I think that'll be... There's a chance. They, that'll be pretty big news if he can keep it past stage six. Yeah. Because I think that's when... And a year that Chris Froome is out, a year that Tom Dumoulin is yeah. not at the tour, uh, two huge contenders... Garant Thomas is a bit of an unknown. Egon Bernal is super young. All the other guys are up and down. I, I, I don't know. Like I think this is kind of an opportunity for him to test it out and see how he goes. Yeah, no, but the only th- thing that I see is that the other GC contenders I have already lost so much time so early that they're going to use stage six to try to bring some time back. They're going to try to break each other. Yeah, early. so that that's one thing I, way I could see him losing it is yeah. that... There's going to be some GC riders that are like a minute down, 40 seconds down, who are going to try to gain some time back. Also, so I think it's going know, to be a really hard stage. He, if he tries to hold on to the jersey, that's going to diminish his opportunities to get into breakaways, to possibly get stage wins, or to get King of the Mountains points. And he could end up trying to hold on to the jersey and come away with the, from the tour with only one stage win, which would, I think, by Philippe standards, be a bit of a, a letdown. So I could see him uh, taking it easy on stage six, conceding the jersey to whoever gets it and resting the legs, and then using whatever time that he's lost to buy him some uh, leverage to get into breakaways for okay. the next like couple weeks. Sure. But we'll see what happens. I would think it would be so exciting if he tried to hold on to the jersey. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so stage four, that's an easy one. It was boring. It was flat. It was a sprint stage, so the end was yeah. really interesting. If anyone hasn't seen it, just go watch like the last 10K. That's all you need to watch. Yep. Uh, Elia Viviani won first tour stage win. I think this yeah. is, might have been one of his... F- it was his first stage win ever. This, is this or his tour, first tour? tour win. This is his first tour, though. First tour win ever. And no, his first tour. Oh, first tour. I think okay. this is... I think think this is his first yeah, yeah. tour uh so yeah that, that was kind of cool it's cool to see him finally get one mm-hmm. uh i know he's been kind of having like having an up and down season he always has a good early season so pretty cool to see him come away with a tour win and that's all that we've yeah. watched so far so uh 
if you're looking for some good bike racing, the tour is always you know. It's been a good tour so. It's far. It's been a good tour so far. It's it's on NBC. It's easy to watch for the non-cycling fan if you just want to tune in i'm sure you can find a, a easy live stream off the internet as well i'll be honest with me and anna bought the uh cycling pass and it, it's like 55 dollars, but i think it's completely worth it yeah i agreed agreed we 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 both agreed that like you know just the quality of it and being able to watch it whenever we want has been thus far like worth it plus we get you still get like the vuelta world championships including the mountain bike world championships and uh, the Giro next year. Yeah, it's it's a package that's well worth the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so if you got the fifty five bucks, I would definitely recommend getting that. I agree with that. Anyways, Ryan, I think that's all we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's good. I, we're coming in at almost an hour. Don't so. want to bore the listeners too much. So, um, yeah, for everybody, uh, be sure to uh, you know find us on your favorite podcasting network. You know, we're on Stitcher, FM Player. Uh, iTunes, you know, you can listen on your Android or iOS device on the desktop. We would love if you'd subscribe, and then even better if you'd leave a review. Uh, you can also find us on socials. Ryan, what socials can they find us on? Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. Just search Bike Race Weekly. Yep. Uh, Facebook is a great place to find when we post new episodes. We also have a website coming out. We do. It's actually live right now, but I'm still kind of tweaking it, and we got to buy a better domain name. But we'll have a, a more uh, fine-tuned, refined, and easily-to-find website coming soon. Wow, that was a lot. handful. Yeah, I know. Mouthful. Kind of hard to follow. So. All right. Well, we will be back next week then. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody.